who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. My name is Aram and my pronouns are he, him. I'm the writer and producer of the Dungeon and Dragons podcast, God's Fall. My name is Dylan. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm a physicist from Canada. Welcome to Kill, Kill Every, Every Monster. In this episode, we are featuring Blink Dogs. <laughs> Blink Dogs are barely described in the Monster Manual but apparently they take their name from their ability to blink in and out of existence, a talent it uses to aid its attacks and to avoid harm. They're also used by the Seelie Court to hunt displacer beasts. Which is not written. Dylan just added that. It's true, but... Hold on. We're going to let the guests talk, and then we can ramble a little bit. Finish the intro. We are joined by Jessica Markram. Jessica, also known as Angry Nerd Girl, was killed by an angry mob before rising from the grave, laptop in one hand and a feral cat in the other. A perennial any nominee and occasional winner, she is a co-founder of Unseelie Studios and has also created numerous playable atrocities like Dumpster Fire and Oops! All Draculas. She has contributed to work published by A Thinking Ape, Cubicle 7, Hit Point Press, MCDM, and Onyx Path. Jessica can be contacted on Twitter at Miss underscore Jess03, on Twitch at twitch.tv slash angrynerdgirl, and via her website, jessicamacramrights.com. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Hello! Thank you so much for having me. I'm sorry I gave you that bear of a bio to read. <laughs> Don't worry, because by the time they hear it, I'll have re-recorded it and it'll sound smooth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to be here to talk about uh, the the good the good doggies. The good the good little guys. And the good girls, the good the good puppers. The good puppers. The good puppers. There are a lot of puppers in the Monster Manual. There are, but there's only one that does a little poof. A bamf. 
A bamf. Yeah. A little a little doggy bamf. A zoomy yeah. zoom. <laughs> no, no, no. A zoomy zoom requires occupying the intervening space. That is where I will push back. This is not a zoom. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, Jess, what's a blink dog? Well, if you look in the monster manual, uh, not much, but uh, a blink dog is a medium sized fey being that looks like a dog. Apparently, Gary Gygax based them on African wild dogs, uh, which explains what they look like. Uh, I always wondered why they weren't black dogs, because I imagined them that way in my head. Uh, but I guess the Monster Manual has plenty of other magical black dogs, like the Hellhound and the Death Dog and stuff. But yeah, they uh, work for the Fae in the Sealy Court as guard dogs and hunting dogs. And they really don't like Displacer Beasts, who used to work for the Unsealy Fae before they uh, decided they were too smart to work for anyone and just left and they attack each other on sight. And um, they used to have pack tactics, and now they sadly don't. But they do have the ability to just, you know, poof away, which is pretty neat for them. African wild dogs have big, circular, furry ears that are basically the size of their head. They are <laughs> adorable-looking things. Yeah. Hold on, now I have to get sidetracked real quick. They're really cute. The puppies in particular clearly grow into their ears. Oh, look at those little guys. Yeah, I did research for this. <laughs> no, that dog, that dog deserves a scritch behind its giant saucer ears. That's my first problem then, is the art. And again, whenever we talk about art, we talk about it from the, from the perspective that all the art is amazing. The artists are unbelievably talented. It's the art direction we sometimes question. And in this particular case, I very much question the art direction because we're getting a horrific, angular, almost shredded goblin dog. looking goblin dog. Exactly. It's kind of weird. Because there's some, like, they're lawful good, given all of the changes that's happening. Like, with official d and I'm sure they won't stay lawful good. They'll probably be, like, typically lawful good. But I would not see that and be like, ah, yes, a lawfully good dog. No, it has spikes on its, like, knees. And on its or back. ankles, I guess. Like, it's, it's a sharp dog. It is a very so, sharp dog. Even I its will ears say, look uncomfortable. So this obviously comes on the heels of like, you know, the new Monsters of the Multiverse stuff. And they had a bunch of rewrites of all the various, you know, playable species in that book. But when they did that, one of the things they did that I thought was real cool was they made all the goblinoids native to the Feywild and basically stolen by evil gods. Somehow goblins were Fey, but then Maglubia got this little paws on them and turned them into the tricksy little dickheads that you see, you know, robbing carts on the side of the road. Making the blink dogs like directly attached to goblins makes that aesthetic make a little bit more sense and would be kind of cool. Like if goblinoids are fey, the fact that the fey dog is actually a kind of scary looking goblin monster checks out. That was written years after this book came out and is 100% not why the Blink Dog is a scary little bastard. And I mean, there are plenty of scary looking fae. Like there's the Formarians and like hags are fae. 
and boggles are weird looking fae, but none of them are lawful good. So again, you would think, I don't know, if you want a guard dog, you could have like a German shepherdy looking blink dog. But this kind of has like a, what is it? The Rhodesian Ridgeback kind of thing going on. But also it's, it's a scary dog. I would, I would, I wouldn't run because I, I love dogs. <laughs> Everything about this art shows this creature as aggressive from the teeth to the lion's tail to, again, the extra protrusions of like bone fragments that are coming out everywhere. Even the ears look like a weapon. It's clearly designed as an aggressive creature. Maybe that's the reason because it's designed to protect against displacer beasts. So it has to be aggressive, but really it's like, you know, a really friendly Doberman. Like it looks like it'll, it could murk you, but it chooses not to because it's really loving. There is something to be said in that, but also they're dogs. They can be different kinds. There could be that kind of guard dog and also like the Pomeranian blank dog. Like you can have options here. In Metal Weave Games, Atlas and Amelia, I know they made a bunch of different types of blink dogs and they have like the blink corgi. <laughs> so cute. In the Monster Manual, we are given one sentence. The blink dog isn't actually in the Monster Manual proper. It's in the bestiary at the back of just, you might want some random animals. So here's where we put like draft horse and giant spider doesn't warrant explaining it's a big spider. And also blink dogs, a creature bred by the Unseelie court specifically for fighting the horrible monster they created that decided it was too clever to be just chucked in the back. Just throw in the back, single sentence. They blink. They're called blink dogs because they blink. I'm always surprised when I see like the magical creatures back there because I expect to see like a giant octopus or a giant spider or a warhorse back there. But I'm pretty sure wargs and winter wolves are back there, too. And it's just like, oh, yeah, here's some SRD friendly stuff you might want. At the very least, have a separation. Like maybe here's some of the magical beasts and here's some of the, you know, horses and chickens you might come across. Right. There should be some separation there. But also like the blink dog is in everyone's heart. Everyone who's played D&D for some time has some either interaction or just personal affection for an adorable teleporting dog. There should be some larger love for it. Certainly with some of the new releases, there has been room for some blink dog love. It'd be one thing if this was something that was like grandfathered in. Like, I think this would be a fair way to treat the flump because it's worthless in fiction. So mean. And is a bad monster. So mean. And was poorly designed. There's nothing good about a flump. So if you just threw it in the back and were like, here, you little shits, there's a flump. You happy now it's in the book? That I could work with. You've already done a flump episode, I believe. Mm -hmm. He was Which... this mean throughout it as well. Wow. And it was warranted. And all the parts I cut. There were bits that he cut that was just me swearing because I had to talk about a flump for too long. <laughs> uh, it's just getting it out. The major difference is like this isn't just a grandfathered in creature like the displacer beast is in there. And in the displacer beast description, it specifically calls out this animosity with the blink dog. And then you go looking through like it just references. Yeah, the unseelie or the Sealy court has been hunting them using blink dogs. And you're like, oh, well, that's interesting. What the fuck is a blink dog? I flipped past the bees already. It's not right. And then you have to go to the back 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 of the book 
Like what's go- what's going on here? It's just a dog. It's just yeah. You know how we had a whole thing about what the displacer beast was. This is a dog. It poofs sometimes. It's real convenient. I will say that I do like the idea of there being like two or three paragraphs about how the cat sees the dog as its arch enemy, <laughs> and then the dog just has nothing. Like, hey, I'm a dog. <laughs> Yeah, that 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 suit tracks a little bit. I'll grant that. <laughs> also, thinking about the art, like the five E Blink Dog is so muscular, and I'm remembering the Displacer Beast art is also like weirdly ripped, uncomfortably muscular. Yeah, yeah, they are just beast of creatures. They just look like they'll just push you around more than they'll bite you. Like I have two different Displacer Beast plushies. They do not look like that. The Displacer Beast is after a panther shirt. It's a sleek, muscular thing, but they do look like they've been hitting steroids and taking creatine, you know, before they, you know, run to the gym at 7 a.m. They just have that kind of bro look to them, which is weird, especially for the dog. In the case of the Displacer Beast, you're dealing with something that is actively malicious and that is a hunter and that is coming like... It gets sleek and then you get those muscles because it's it's an intelligent creature. It is hunting. It is becoming strong. It values power. But when you think of a hunting dog, like you get a hound, you get a floppy little mess of a beast. Or a little terrier, like a tiny little thing that could go into holes. Especially with the teleporting. I want to see like a fat blink dog. <laughs> I want a blink dog that is a terrier just running into like the hole under the tree and then just reappearing next to your leg like it wasn't in there. <laughs> I grew up with a dog who would only play fetch for my dad. Uh, for the rest of us, if you threw a stick, she would literally point at it and then just look at you. <laughs> there it is. What, what do you want me to do? <laughs> Sorry, you lost that. It's one of the creatures where I just feel like there's some, again, it's a quote unquote unintelligent creature, right? The way that we understand intelligence, they don't have discernible personalities, but dogs have very discernible personalities. We've all seen them. We've all seen dogs be distinctly different from the same litters. There's so much you can pull out of characters with a monster like this, much more than just like a random encounter. It's, it's, this is a character arc. This is a, oh, we have to take care of something now. This is a, you know, bring the party together to save this because it's in danger. There's just so many ways to get players very emotionally involved because it's a puppy. This is a good pooch. This is a good pooch. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I see these dogs like, again, Going back to the art, I see these dogs as, as as like the dolphins versus the sharks or the dolphins versus the orca, even though dolphins are kind of mean bastards and that actually doesn't work out whatsoever. They are yeah. definitely not lawful good, but that's kind of how I see it. And like an overly muscular dolphin would be highly upsetting. <laughs> Big old fins. They did put them into witch lights and they allude to them in Tasha's and Fitzbins. Fizzbins, Fitzbins. Yep, Fizzbin. And uh, Theros. So they're like... They're around. I think somebody there right now likes Blink Dogs because those are all fairly recent. Like there's Absolutely nothing, someone does. And yeah. then those are like three very recent releases that are all like, so there's Blink Dogs here. This Excellent. dragon pretends to be a Blink Dog. <laughs> 
Oh, that's fun. I like that quite a lot. There are two things about Blink Dogs that I think warrant like real discussion. That's the fact that one, they are part of the Sealy Court, like they hunt displacer beasts. And because displacer beasts are an engineered creature, like that's one of those things where like you should write a little bit about this. Like were Blink Dogs the same deal? Like, did they just have regular dogs? And they were like, well, these things like because of the displacer beast effect, maybe it just needs to pop around a little bit more to be able to like deal what or was this like just a native thing to the Feywild? You got you got to tell me these things, especially because blink dogs are twice as intelligent as a displacer beast. They are five dogs smart. They have an intelligence of 10. That's that's people smart. They are so smart, and yet it's the Displacer Beast who were apparently smart enough to say, like, we're not going to be told what to do anymore. We want to leave and go to the mortal realms. But I guess Blink Dogs, just with their innate doggy goodness. They're very, very loyal. Yeah, we're going to stay by your side. They've made a decision. They're like, yes, we understand. We have chosen to be here. Because I did the quick perusal of, like, Pathfinder and 3.5 descriptions and the only thing they focus on is like, they're blink dogs, they're loyal. That's the perspective these books are written from where intelligence equals loyalty and loyalty goes one way. So this intelligent creature is loyal to people and people like beings, even though it has the same average intelligence as those beings. So loyalty is a odd term for me here. But yes, I mean, I think that is what they're saying, that they're basically just so devoted to protection that they're like, yeah, we know why we're here and we're signed up and let's go. Rough, rough. You want to talk uh, mechanics real quick? Always. So let's talk numbers. They've got a chonky bite. A D6 is a decent sized bite, but at the same time, what I'm thinking, like D6 plus one in terms of raw damage output, like that's someone with a short sword who isn't particularly good at it. For them being CR one quarter, though, that's significant. Is it? Because I think the goblin is scimitar with a plus two, is it not? Yeah, but how many hit points does the goblin have? The blink dog can hang in there for a while and deliver a couple of bites. It's also a single target. Goblin is also one quarter. It's a D6 plus two and it has, yeah, a third of the hit points. But again, you're not going to fight. You're going to fight four goblins. Well, again, you're going to fight four blink dogs. You're not going to find one. And I would give them back their pack tactics. It's crazy that they don't have them. I would too. Especially because like they're hunting dogs. Yeah. It can teleport and bite in the same round. No, it can't. No one else gets to teleport and then attack that round. Oh, wait. Yeah, I can. That is a pretty devastating attack. They, they could also bite and then leave. No, it can't. Which is even better. Oh, yeah, I can. Why can it do that? That's so weird. Why is that a side note? That's written so strangely. Right. You think they would make that would be the lead. I think because it's a recharge. But if they rephrased it so it was like a bonus action. Teleport recharges on a four to six, so it's a 50-50. The dog magically teleports along with any equipment it is wearing or carrying up to 40 feet to an unoccupied space it can see. For the record, 40 feet is its move speed anyway. Before or after teleporting, the dog can make one bite attack, which is a really strange way to write it because if 
it's under actions, right? So calling it just teleport, you assume like that was my base assumption was just this is a teleport effect. But if you were going to write it normally, you would say like on the dog's turn, it can do an at- do a bite attack. And if available, it can teleport like for any other creature that has multiple actions. Like if you would expect it to make, you know, a claw claw bite, you know, this bear can make two attacks with its claws and one attack with its bite. The vampire can make, you know, two attacks. And then if it has a target grappled, it usually gives that spiel. I don't know why this one is written differently. Because it's a, the tiny section and they just probably didn't have space in the physical book. Right, which is probably also why they cut pack tactics, which is unfortunate because, again, this dog... If they're dealing with a displacer beast, and that's what they're made to do, that only makes sense if they can all pop in, surround it in one move and all bite at once, and then or pop out and pop in and take turns so they're not all hit at once. Like, they have to work as a team because there's no way one blink dog is taking down a displacer beast. There's no way two blink dogs, maybe even three. Like, it's probably going to be four or five That's when it's an actual fight. A Displacer Beast is a challenge three creature, and it has 85 hit points. You basically need a party of Blink Dogs to take down a Displacer Beast. Or befriend a Displacer Beast. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, maybe, but I think maybe like if they found a Display... I think if Blink Dogs found a Displacer Beast kitten, Mm -hmm. they would be like, okay... You know, we're not just going to murk this one. We're going to figure this out. Cats and dogs living together. Right. Try and raise it properly. That's probably happened, which would be amazing, by the way. I now want to write that story right now (laughs) of the displacer beast that's very protective over its blink dog family. That would be fantastic. The little displacer beast actually barks. I love that. (laughs) The trouble is, like, the displacer beast was written so actively like maliciously specifically the the displacer beast hates it loves killing things like that's the way it is written though honestly having written an entire monster manual of just cats like if (laughs) that's kind of how cats are you could still find room like the displacer beast could still be a little asshole but a little asshole for good a little murderous killing machine for good. Like, I love my cats, but I know that if I if they were big enough and I did not wake up in time to, to feed them one day, they would eat my face. We love cats because they're little jerks. I mean, they can be incredibly sweet and loving and like the nicest things in the world when it suits them. Everything is when it suits them. And that is like... It's like one of the most honest interactions you're going to have is with a cat. They're not trying to hide shit. They'll show you exactly who they are all the time. A Displacer Beast is challenge three, which is an experience budget of 700. If you had six blink dogs, that's 300 experience worth of blink dogs. And according to the challenge rating math for the uh, DMG, If you have between three and six of a creature, you double the experience when you're calculating effective challenge rate. So that means that six blink dogs is worth 600 experience, which is still slightly under the fight with a displacer beast. And a pack of dogs is officially a number of five to ten dogs. So that actually lines up really well. A pack of blink dogs 
still probably can't take a displacer beast. Well, no, that's when they have to use intelligence. They have to trick the displacer beast a bit. They have to be smarter in order to pull it off. Yeah, they have to use tactics as a pack. God, if only there was a mechanical way we could represent that. Yeah, no, they have to have it. Unfortunately, Jess is right. They just ran out, they just ran out of room. That's got to be what it is. But it really does harm the idea of the blink dog. It, it's almost like, why bother putting it in if you've reduced it that much? I'm not even thrilled about the teleport being on recharge, but fine, whatever. I'll take it. So there are two things that bother me about the teleport. One is it being on recharge, and the other is that it's at the dog's speed especially at relatively low challenge where you're going to have a blink dog, where a blink dog is material to the fight. Like throwing in a 22 hit point creature that can deal a D6 plus one is immediately meaningless past like level three or four. I'm thinking it's useful for opportunity attacks. I mean, to avoid opportunity attacks. The other thing it would be useful for is avoiding terrain effects, but... One, just at low levels, you know, you're not going to be dealing with particularly complicated and dangerous situations like that. I mean, it's good for really the thing it's good for is if you're a hunting dog, you can just poof across a river. But the other thing is, like, because people are running more and more theater of the mind these days, it means that those terrain things become more and more nebulous. So the necessity of it being able to teleport at your movement speed becomes actually meaningless. I would like to see something that makes that teleport mechanically worthwhile. It's one of those things, again, where it'd be great if there was like a young blink dog and then an older blink dog, much like how they do a dragon's. I just like that idea so that you don't miss a window to use a cool monster. Because Dylan's right, once you get past third level, blink dogs are no threat without pack tactics. And even with that, not much. But if there's a stronger, you know, more alpha, I suppose, <laughs> even though that's not a real thing and totally made up. Right. If there's a stronger version of the blink dog, A, it may take your party by surprise. And B, you know, you get the opportunity to use these monsters more than just that one point in the campaign and then they're gone. I think if you wanted to homebrew it for your own game, you could either even do something like give one of the Blink Dogs the leadership ability that like the Knight has. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. So give all of your Blink Dogs pack tactics and then give one of them like an extra hit die or two in the leadership ability. And there you've got a pack. Give them that teleport ability and say that when it makes that attack after a teleport, it gets advantage. Ooh, yeah. Like part of the Blink Dog strategy is that they are Blink Dogs in society. Intelligence 10, they will go to court and talk to everyone. Like, they are still intelligent creatures. But then when they fight, they act like regular dogs. They're barking and they're screaming at you. And then suddenly they're behind you. And you find out that that noise is an active tactic of like, no, 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 because we're loud, you know where we are at all times. So when we're suddenly not there anymore. That's terrifying. I love the idea that they speak to each other in common. But as soon as there's people around, they, they just switch back to being dogs like it's Toy Story. They still like being scratched. And it's very strange to like, you're not going to sit there like across a coffee table being like, yeah, so how is work? And just start scratching under the chin. <laughs> like, that's weird. <laughs> it was really good, Jim. It looks like 
in older editions, they, you know how a lot of the monstrosities have their own language, like Yeti speak mm-hmm. Yeti. And right. I think Displacer Beast speak Displacer Beast. Blink Dogs used to speak Blink Dog. Yeah. And they also used to have Dimension Door, which is yeah, they just had, bananas. Yeah. Which is a way bigger spell than teleport 40 feet. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one thing if you if you can take a bunch of people with you. That's the other bit. That's like turning your Blink Dog into a nightmare, which would be super fun if you're a bunch of like goblins or uh, pixies or something riding a Blink Dog army. It also creates this really fun thing because like Dimension Door, I think, lets you take like, what, five people with you? Dimension Door. You can bring along objects as long as their weight doesn't exceed what you can carry. You can also bring one willing creature of your size or smaller who is carrying gear up to its carrying capacity. The creature must be within five feet of you when you cast this spell. Now we have the blank dog that can sit there, come to the party and be like, hello, adventurers, I need your aid. <laughs> and then a fucking door in reality tears open. <laughs> Follow me. If there's the more powerful leader dog, that's the advancement. Give him dimension door. That makes mm-hmm. that is a fantastic. And, and what a great thing that would be to surprise the heck out of the party. Just this doofy golden retriever <laughs> comes stumbling up. <laughs> Hello, my friends. <laughs> Your aid is required. Jess, is the Blink Dog a monster? You know, I I have fundamental issues with this question because on one hand, anything in the monster manual is a monster. So by that metric, a commoner is a monster. A bandit is a monster. Knights are monsters, which is true. All knights are monsters. I got my start in uh, Uncaged and it, the whole thing was like, let's... Uh, tell the monster side of the story. And so I, I, I have a soft spot for monsters. So I would say mechanically, yes, but it is not a monstrosity mechanically because that's a different creature that's so nebulous that I don't even, oh, kitty, I don't even know <laughs> what that means anymore. Uh, but, you know, I, I think they're, they're good boys and girls. They're good friends. They're fairy friends. They might trick you into some weird deal because they're fae. Their trick is going to be tricking you into a noble quest. Right. Or, (laughs) or into getting them treats. Like it's going to be something that simple. Just getting them a muffin, right? Like it's not going to be a whole (laughs) planned out thing. That's as far as a blank dog is going to trick you. And I I showed Aram this before you joined the call, but the original art of the Blink Dog really just looks like a badger. And I cannot even imagine that uh, being like, hello, I'm here for a quest for you. Help me take down the giant tentacle cat. And it's just like this teeny little English bat. Yeah, it should be like, help me get this rabbit out of this dang hole. (laughs) So like looking at the Blink Dog, like that's an eminently murderable enemy like as far as the animal kingdom goes like that that dog is dead and it's picking fights with a giant murder cat with horror tentacles yeah especially if it can't teleport at will if it if it's always unsure of when it can teleport like again 50 50 
Yeah, that's okay. That is a heck of a thing. I will say I don't think mechanically, like if you're trying to translate the mechanics in narrative, I don't think it's that the blink dog can't like has an unreliable teleport. I think it's that the blink dog doesn't teleport really quickly. Right. It's a, so it takes time to recharge. It can only do it every 10, 15 seconds. Like it's it's an exertion of effort to teleport. It's not that it... It knows when it can do it again. It feels yeah. it coming back up. Yeah. It's like imagine, you know, chasing after someone and just leaping as hard and as far as you could possibly go. You're not right. going to land and fucking do it again. But you know specifically... No, I'm probably not going to run. Well, yes, yeah. you're, you're an old broken like pile of twigs yeah when you say imagine jumping i imagine jumping once one jump just dig the grave here jess how would you change the blink dogs as written in fifth edition well we already talked about pack tactics and boosting up their lore I was positive that these were based on the, I'm really sorry, Gaelic people, that I, uh, I'm i going to butcher your language. I was positive this was based on the Ku Sith. Kushi. But it's not, because those are the ones who like bay and you get scared to death. And then I was like, well, the Kun Anwin, which were the wild hunts dogs who would go along together and they had like bright red eyes which were like with uh herald of death kind of thing and they could add that to the lore which i just think is super cool if you want the dogs to like be tied to the wild hunt attaching them to the wild hunt is also really interesting because we have a little bit of an inversion they are lawful good and they're attached to the the Sealy court they are specifically the good dogs of the good side of the wild hunt Right. And the the dogs for their their goal in the wild hunt was to hunt evildoers and chase them until they could no longer run. I started looking up like myths about African wild dogs. And apparently like in Ethiopian lore, there was a thing where it was like, don't hunt them with a spear do it with a blunted weapon because if you stab them with a spear, they dip their tail in the wounds and flick their blood at you and you immediately die. And I was like, well, that's neat. So if you give them like a vulnerability to piercing weapons, but then gave them an ability, I'm thinking of like the Banshee Whale or something, right? Where they did like a reaction, DC 12 con save, or uh, drop to zero hit points, that, that would be neat. It feels vaguely necromantic. The, the whole idea of you get my blood on you and I will just kill you outright. It feels yeah. evil magic-y. It lets you build up a sort of blink dog society where it's like, no, 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 no. We don't do that thing. Like there are, there are th abilities that you can learn as blink dog that are natural to us that we do not believe to be acceptable as tactics. Ooh, yeah. And then it's it's not, you know, this is the blink dog, this is the blink dog level two. It's this is the blink dog. This is the shadow fell blink dog. This is the dog that wandered off into the woods and was like, no, 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 no. I don't need the pack. I don't need the fae. I can kill 
a displacer beast on my own, I can kill anything I need to. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. It's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. Feywild is a place of beauty. There's a level of chaos to it. There's disorder. But at the same time, the colors, everything is always so vibrant and so just saturated that it's hard not to be intoxicated with the place. Jess, why aren't you there anymore? Were you following something or are you going somewhere in particular? Um, let's see. I'm having a thinky think. What do I do in the kennel? Aram, what was your uh, brigade's name again? Cricket Shimmerwind is the first lieutenant of the Glimmerwing Guard. The kennel of the Glimmerwing Guard is generally 
hunting dogs. It is a kennel in that they can't put you in a normal house because doorknobs. Kennel invokes a very like bare bones kind of ripped down structure. No, this is a mansion that a dog can get in and out of trivially. But as part of the Glimmerwing Guard, the kennel is used for hunting missions. There was initially a problem with Displacer Beasts. That has stopped being a problem. And now it's more or less just issues that come up when adventurers travel back and forth through the Feywild. They always bring something with them or let something leave. they just adventurers. The whole inside of your house is filled with inspirational posters. You were always a good boy. Fuck off. <laughs> I am a good boy. I'm you the best are a boy. good boy. It's like written on all the mirrors. You are a good boy. You deserve treats. Written in letter magnets on the outside of the fridge. <laughs> I'm gonna say, because I think this will be fun for me to run around and <laughs> research. Uh, the displacer beasts are gone, but they could always come back. You never know where a cat's gonna be, and you never know where a cat's gonna hide. And I can't explain this to the people that I live with, but I did tell my other dog friends. And I can't tell them, but I can read. So, I've gone to Candlekeep to research Displacer Beasts. <laughs> so I could figure out a spell to deactivate their displacing. I can find a book, and if I sit on it or sleep on it or eat it, I could definitely figure out how to hold a displacer beast in place. Oh no. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. I know nothing about Candlekeep except it's basically a monastery slash library and that's all I need to run off of. Big library. Yep. So I'm gonna ask you two questions before we pass over. One, how? How did you get over? Well, when uh, one of the adventurers were leaving through a portal, they mentioned something about books and they smelled like bones. So I just blinked to follow them when they were going through a portal. And then I ended up in this new place with all sorts of new sounds and new smells. And then there was a library that was really big and people needed passes to get in, but I, I just whooshed in when the door was open. And the other thing I want to know is where are you currently? How long have you been here and where do you find yourself now? I'm going to say I have not been here long. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then... Because uh, I, I'm pretty sure Candlekeep is super, super guarded. It is, but also against like active theft. I feel like dogs would, it'd be weird. Right. I don't know that they'd necessarily be on guard for it. <laughs> no, it, it would be more like, whose dog is this? As yeah. it came trotting past. Like, there's enough purpose to it that it must, somebody brought it here. It knows where it's going. Did it just open a door? Candlekeep is definitely both guide and emotional support dog friendly. This can't be too out of the ordinary. I think that's That's fair. a good point. I know there is like a tavernish place where you can have a, a beer 
at Candlekeep or some tea while you're reading that you can get to via, it's like a demiplane or something. So I'm going to say I'm there because um, the best way to learn is with snacks. So on this image of a dog on its hind legs, like up at the bar, just turning to a bartender and in Sylvan, just going like, can I get a menu? <laughs> We're going to come back. Aram. We're going to pause on this scene. Dying of fire. <laughs> in the Feywild, time is not quite synchronized with the material plane. It's been about a day and a half. And people are just starting to realize that one of the members of the kennel didn't report back in. Basically, they were part of a team that escorted a group of adventurers out of the Feywild. There was some minor success to their adventures. They wanted to stick around. One of them was a necromancer, and they just wanted them out. So, you know, the kennel was basically sent on an escort duty, you know, keep to the woods, don't let them see you, just make sure they leave without doing necromancer stuff. And all of them but one came back. There is no report of injury or conflict. It's just one of the dogs is missing. As the individual tasked with, you know, basically making sure that everything's okay, where are you at? What's your plan? I am in the kennel counting the dogs. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Mm. I have confirmed there's a dog missing. It's hard with blink dogs. You really have to be sure, because when you think you've got them all counted, when you think you've counted, you've only counted one seven times over because they've just been popping around. So you really have to focus. We'll do a roll call. I, we had to be sure. I need to see with my own eyes. It's always good to inspect things yourself. Write that down. Whatever. Have it be. Dog just walks out of the room. <laughs> nope, nope. Under my chirps. You should learn my chirps. I'm telling you, my chirps are important. Anyways, thank you all for being here. I shall find your friend and bring them home quickly. Chorus of pants, little thumps as tails are wagging against furniture. And then I would just like rise into the air very dramatically. I shall return, my friends. Just flies off. And then Cricket starts to narrate to themselves. It was a dark night when one of ours were lost, but no pack goes unfound. I shall bring this puppers home and they shall be safe. Do we? Do I know which of the dogs is missing? Jess, what's your dog's name? It does not have to be a particularly dogly name, but also you are a dog, so it could. My true name as I am referred to on hunting missions, Faglinda Maxwellian Seaforth Barrington the Eighth, but you may call me Waffles. <laughs> well, you can't use the true name on missions. You gotta have a code name. Waffles. Waffles, you will be found and you will be returned to the fold. Do not fear Waffles. I will find you and go soaring off into the night. Or, um, Describe yourself for the audience so that they might suffer with the visual image we've all been saddled with. Cricket Shimmer Twirl is a fairy. Play what you know, right? Oh. 
is kind of an olive-skinned fairy with these wooden branch wings filled in with feathers of leaves. They are a very fey-looking fairy. And this particular one has been tasked with the health and comfort of their canine friends because they are teammates. You know, they're not they're not dogs, they're teammates. So he's basically the liaison to make sure that all of their needs are met and that they're taken a care of. The kennel is an additional unit. Like they are part of the Exactly. They're part of the team. So one has gone missing. This does not happen. Uh, and in addition to Cricket feeling a strong sense of duty, Cricket is also rather upset. They want to make sure that Waffles is well. So Cricket has taken this quite seriously. I mean, after all, everybody likes Waffles. Everyone likes Waffles. You fortunately do know what the last mission was, and you have a rough inkling. Like, you don't just get lost in the Feywild. You'd find your way home with the natives. They are presumably on the far side of the port. Just the only reasonable conclusion. So you fly out at high speed, your little fucking foot-tall frame just gliding along the floor of the forest. Real low and, yeah, super low and fast. Just... It's like that uh, Return of the Jedi on Endor, except the, you know, trees you're dodging are like sticks. Saplings, yeah. You get in there, you speak the activation phrase that activates the portal, and you pass through, and you find yourself on this huge vista, just massive cliffside keep. It is walled in, these tremendous walls, and there is a single high spire spouting out of, or spiking out of the distance. There's clearly like a larger building to it. It's not like they built a fucking needle in the middle of this keep, but there is, for some reason, the architects decided one spot, one real tall one, the rest are gonna be reasonable. <laughs> it's called Candle Keep. It's on, a, it's on a cliffside. Let's assume it's a lighthouse. Hey wizards, if it wasn't, it is now, fuckers. I think then Cricket would shake out his wings, crack his little shoulders, fly into the air, and cast Detect Magic, fly towards the library, and begin sweeping the ground, looking for little magical dog prints. Just how much does Waffles teleport when they don't need to? Ooh, I'm going to say Waffles does not teleport that often when they don't need to because teleporting is unreliable and you can do it, but you need to save it. For when it really matters. The last thing you want is to need to make a quick getaway and you find that you're stuck somewhere. Okay, then Aram, I want you to just make me a survival check. Plus three. And I rolled a 12. So 12 plus three is 15. Candlekeep 
is one of the most important libraries in the entirety of Faerun. It is also heavily fucking warded. It's also a library, so like that that lighthouse up at the top, that's not a fire. That would be just a terrible plan. It's a very bad idea. So this place in general, the moment you pop on Detect Magic, it's almost washed out. It takes a couple of seconds to kind of be able to see the shapes, and you're certain, like, now that you kind of got a background vibe of the place, you could probably, like, when you're in there, use it and be okay. It just caught you off guard at the uh, moment's notice. But right now, like, especially kind of getting equilibrated, you don't think you could see the residue of a teleport unless it was fucking immediately, just moments ago. The other bit of information that's important is because this is such an important, such a well-traveled library, you're looking for dog tracks up a main road. Everything indicates that if you were going to go anywhere, you were going to go here. But you can't quite see anything that hints waffles. Okay. I'll keep the concentration going then as I fly up to the main entrance. I am here on official duty. You actually pass through like one or two layers of security of just mundane guards. Just glide on through, right? Who just like see you come past at like a foot tall and there's a moment of, what the fuck? You go to make it past the last one and there's a little snap of the fingers. You just barely hear it. Uh, And you see the effects of a shield spell basically pop up in front of you. Little disc. I slam on the brakes just in time. Excuse me, do you have business inside the keep? You turn and there is what looks like a monk. Not not in the D and D sense, but in the we're in a in a sort of monastery type setting, like yeah, in the brown robe kind of sense. Tolible monk, not a kung fu monk. Then a cricket would soar up to eye level, deep bow, official bow with a swirl, and then do a little turn as he comes back up. Hello. I am from the Sealy Court, and I am here to fetch one of our companions. Have you, good sir, seen a dog lately? Are you seeking a particular dog? Many have companion animals that they take in. They're not allowed in the library, of course, but they are allowed within the walls of the keep. This dog would be alone, and this dog can teleport. There's a moment where he looks at you and there's like, there's the debate that you've seen before on the face of, you know, natives to the material plane that you yourself have not learned to recognize. Uh, Aram, you would recognize this as the decision between treating this as like deep and serious respect or just Mm -hmm. this is a goofy little fairy and I'm going to play around looking for a dog. Yeah. He thinks for a second goes, If the dog can teleport, would I have seen it enter? Good sir. You are confusing teleportation with invisibility. It is an understandable (laughs) confusion. Many of us can do both. But I assure you, this dog, while being able to teleport, is very, very obvious about that fact. Yes, but if... I'm watching a group of people enter 
and I'm handling security as I am now. And the dog simply appeared on the inside beyond my checkpoint. Cricket has now folded his arms and is just hovering there like a hummingbird in front of this guard. This conversation is of no merit and helps no one. I must gather our companion. I do, I would love to stay here and debate this with you in theory. However, I assure you, good sir, this dog is here. How big is Cricket? About a foot tall. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Good sir, I see that you are quite busy. If you would just grant me passage, I will find my companion and deal with this post-haste. Do you have any form of identification that would, uh... Of course, and I would pull out a little scroll and then unroll it, and it's like 15 feet long, and it's just Is drawings. actual just feet or <laughs> proportional to you feet? Actual feet. It's 15 actual feet long. Okay, cool. I have to actually fly up higher in order to unroll the entire thing. This, this mage, the monk, basically looks at you, looks it over, casts a quick identification spell, and immediately the pictures start to move. The bits of writing sort of coalesce. And what happens is an Eldrin Lord forms six feet tall in the middle of this paper. Aldoer Ike Sia Duil. Standing before you is Cricket Shimmer Twirl. Of the Seely Court. He appears before you with all of the honors and accolades of the... He's so proud. The Glimmerwing Guard. And acts on official business with all of the authority that my position grants him. And at that, I, I use Druid Craft to have the light just appear right under, right behind my wings. So they, so it glows through my wings at that exact moment. I hold myself up as tall as I can. You strike this very like regal sort of figure you, as important as you can manage. The mage basically watches to the end of this sort of animation. That just seems to be in order. We, we do have uh, deals under the Celia courts. You have access to the keep. Best of luck. Spend 20 seconds rolling my scroll back up. Thank you, good sir. Do you need, do you need, I can just... No, 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 no. The paper folds a certain way and you don't, you have to... I was close busy. If there, you could. there we go. Just, just if, in the future, if you could roll it off to the side so I can... Of course, good sir. You have been quite helpful. I shall bid you adieu. And he bows, does a little spin on the way back up, druid craft, glitter, glitter, and then goes flying into the library. I love that Cricket brings his own spotlight. <laughs> and glitter. He literally just like threw two handfuls of glitter. <laughs> so now there's just like shit everywhere. He just waits for it to land, press the digitation to clean the ground. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so, waffles. Welcome to the finest dining establishment in all of creation. Our ingredients are hand-selected fresh daily, exemplified by our universe-renowned Lava Berry Souffle, a delightful cross-planar mix of fresh berries picked from the fire and air elemental planes of existence. 
Of course, the appropriate protection spells will be cast upon you before the meal is served, should you need them. You've been fed a menu, because apparently the way you <laughs> interpret the written word is by consuming it, if I understood you correctly. Uh, sometimes. Uh, if you look really hard and you get hungry, and then, and then you, you I mean, I've heard... So the cricket and some of cricket's friends say they just devour books. So I, I figured that's how you you absorb the information the best. Checks out. So you've been provided a menu. I want to know how much of that you understood and read or if you just ate the menu. What language was the menu in? I'm going to say, especially like if your tavern is in a demiplane, the whole thing's fucking magic to the gills. So I'm going to say there's just a simple, like, illusion enchantment uh, that parses a random language that the observer speaks and then rewrites the menu. Okay. It did take a little longer than you because it's, like, really poorly written code. So it's actually got a list of languages that it's trying to go down. It's like common, dwarven, elven, halfling, infernal, abyssal, just going down the list. And it turns out that Blink Dog is very low. Yeah, fair. I was wondering if it would just put the menu items into pictures. I'm kind of curious if Blink Dog would have a written form or if that's how the information would be conveyed. That's up to you. That's your call. But it conveys the information in a way that is comprehensible based on your fluency. I'm going to say it becomes sense. Yeah. Because dogs have pretty bad vision. And if you're a blink dog, you also like, I don't know how far they can see. I know their passive perception is okay, but it's no better than like most people's. So like they they have to rely on their smell and their hearing. So it's going to just be like, oh, these are all the different smells you can have here. I'm an amazingly perceptive dog. <laughs> Well, yeah, you're a dog. You're just like, it's the it's the keen senses thing, right? Yeah. So uh, you're provided this menu. I want to know, basically, are you going to make an order? Like, what what is your game plan? I'm sniffing out what everybody else at their tables are getting. And I'm seeing what the, like, scariest, smartest looking folks in here are getting. So I'm looking for, like, the the necromancers and the paladins and anybody wearing a lot of robes and covering their face. I'm like, ooh, they'll they'll know the good magic. So what are they eating? Whatever they have that smells delicious, even though in my heart, what I want is bacon. Cause I don't know what bacon tastes like in the Feywild. So I'm definitely gonna order bacon, but with a side of I'll have what she's having see if I can scope out what they're reading and do like a paw on their leg and then another paw and then the face. And I'm begging to see what they're learning or reading about. But if they give me some food too, that that's also cool. And as you're kind of looking through, basically what you arrive at is uh None of the wizards, no one who looks like a, an actual academic is ordering anything that should be eaten with your hands or is a liquid. No finger foods, nothing with a spoon. Because that's the stuff that gets on books. They must not eat their books. No, it's absurd. Just how they even get it inside them then. 
there is a tendency with folks like paladins to lean a little bit meat heavy on the diet. Uh, there is one guy who very clearly was brought by his like three friends at the table. No interest in any of this. Just a big plate of cabbage and bacon just kind of stewed together with like a, an ale basically to create almost like a sauce to it. And he is having the time of his life with no books refuses to read just i'm here because you're here i'll leave when you leave and then maybe we'll do something i'll like i wonder if he ate his books already does he smell like books he does in as much as anyone who has been inside the library for several days develops a certain general (laughs) must to them okay but he doesn't smell like he's eaten any books lately honestly he's eating like kind of a fried together onion cabbage bacon he he has a general scent to him that may overwhelm book i would definitely go up to that guy and i'm not gonna try and get his book but i am gonna try and get some of his snack because he seems like he's he doesn't belong in a library then what i want you to do is i want you to give me two rolls okay they're both gonna be i think straight charisma rolls because i don't think the blink dog was given any skills Nope. But for the record... Oh, yes, we are. Perception and stealth. (laughs) Okay, so it's a persuade and a performance. Okay. Because you're trying to get some food out of him, and then I just want to see how well you do conveying just a dog. I got a nat 20. (laughs) Don't roll the second one. He is overwhelmed. Like, your performance stops being relevant because you show up, you put a paw on him, he's like, (gasps) A dog! Guys! Work, work! Dog nailed being a dog. Not being a blank dog is also the accomplishment. <laughs> I wagged my tail. He just starts like scratching. He's like, you hungry? Come here. He grabs the plate. Like the guy next to him is eating something. It looks like a some vague samosa-like structure. So it's on like a smaller plate. And he just pushes that onto the table, takes the plate, dumps some of his food onto the plate and puts that down. His buddy, the very apparent cleric of the group, looks at him and just goes, what the fuck? It's like, it's a dog. I want to nuzzle him. We're just going to deal with these people by class. Uh, the fighter or the cleric? The fighter's the one who fed me, right? Yeah, you nuzzle him and he's just like, he is getting in deep in the bit of scruff, like right behind one of your ears. Like, this is a man who knows dogs. He's doing his job. Do that waggy tail that like thump thumps hard on the table leg. You are left sitting there, like, scritching as they kind of, like, go back to a conversation. They mention that their friend's going to be coming back. Aram, what is going on? We're seeing this incredibly happy dog just being scritched and loved. The camera pulls back. It glides past a couple of bookshelves, and about four rows back, Cricket is pressed up against some books, just looking around the corner and nodding. Leans back. Unfortunately, my friend has already been abducted. These look like unseemly characters, but do not worry, Waffles. Rescue is at hand. And what I'm looking for is a plant, like some sort of tree or bush nearby these clear abductors. So they are in like a corner table, like on a, they're in a booth. And you know how some, they have like the curved bench and in the corner where that circle cut out sort of 
leaves a little bit, there's a shelf, and there is a small tree, probably like a lemon tree or something, in a pot, just growing behind the fighter. Perfect. Then I'm gonna carefully fly up, sneak up to that lemon tree, cast snare to get that prepped, and then get one of the abductors, sneak them in, somehow trick them into this snare so that one of them's taken care of, that I can get rid of the other okay. one and save my friend Waffles. I want you to roll me stealth, yeah. first of all. Because you see this from across the bar. Yeah. And then you have to get across. I have a plus six on stealth. That is going to be a 14 plus six is 20. And Jess, I know your passive perception is... 18. Ooh, close. You still manage to pull it off around. It's like, you get in there, you get this set up. You are in this tree, which is like two, three times your height. Huge tree. Uh, Peering through the leaves, pushing them aside. And you are looking directly at the back of this man's head. Yeah. Because it is, like, like I said, it is just on the back sort of sill there. And you just quietly start like tracing the runes off to the side on the bark of the tree. Just activate the spell. And you see this conniving little man. <laughs> Giant man. Little in the sense of petty. He's quite large. <laughs> yes. Very tall. Unnecessarily so. Humans in general seem to grow to absurd heights just to prove a point. They take up so much space. They're very inconsiderate. And do they warrant any of it? Mm -mm, not really. that I have seen, no. You watch him, clearly, trying to delude Waffles, <sighs> trying to bribe them, convince them that, no, 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 this is a safe area. But you can see it. He's carrying so many weapons. This, this is clearly a dangerous man that we should not be associating with. You're such a good dog. Mm. You're such a good dog. Uh, yes, give him I all am. your samosas. Yes, I am. You can't give samosas to dogs. There's season. It's good. It's got garlic. It's got onion in it. Whatever. It'll be fine. Can I see what books the cleric has? Yes. So. Any books on defeating evil? They are histories. They are stories of basically the birth of evil. <gasps> I would like to eat a book. <laughs> is this a thing that you are trying to do sneakily or is this like gonna be a lunge onto the table move? While I am being pet, I I think I wanna do the thing where like dogs think they're being sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where they try and do like the, I'm, I'm totally just hanging out when they're actually like getting in your lap and putting their feet on the table. So I'm doing the like, we're friends time. Well, I'm actually doing like a bat for that book to try and devour it. I want you to give me a stealth roll at advantage because one, the fighter is not paying attention to the cleric is fully distracted by trying to remind this man that like, no, onions are toxic to dogs. Don't feed your dogs onion. I'm really glad you gave me advantage because my first roll was a one. Um, my second roll, 23. You get up there and you manage to just, do you have any sort of like, are you kitted out or are you out here as just a nude dog? <laughs> a nude dog. Which would be dog. a normal dog 
for any other circumstance. But as a soldier... Wouldn't I be, since I was escorting adventurers, wouldn't I be wearing like the Glimmer Guild harness or something? Yeah, you'd, you'd at least have the colors yeah. of your official station. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm probably wearing like a collar and a harness or something. If I'm like, yeah. I don't know if if the, the Glimmer Guild battalion is like a foot tall and I'm a medium-sized creature, I might be a mount. Or at the very least, like have little saddlebags or a place to put a scroll if you're a messenger. This is a situation where you just manage to like get up in his lap and kind of knock things in just the way to like <laughs> get your side under it and slip one of the books into one of your, for lack of a better word, saddlebags. If you've ever had like a mastiff try and climb on your lap, I'm, I'm doing that. There is a point where you were like trying to climb into this guy's lap and he just grabs your hind legs and pulls you the rest of the oh. way up. Very much on board. I've never met anyone this big before. This is amazing. <laughs> Aram, Cricket observes a tall creature. As they get closer, you can see under the hood and you see a winter Eldrin. And there's just this kind of creeping voice. Where did you get a dog? Get it away from the table. Why did you not, how, how did this, why'd you let this happen? And the clerics immediately, what do you mean, why did I let the, look, stop him. He tried to get a dog in his lap. The dog got in his lap. He, I just, I don't know what you want me to do with this guy. This is the Winter Eladrin, correct? The Winter Eladrin is the one questioning why you're there in the first place, while the cleric basically tries to explain that, like, the six-foot-tall man with swords decides who gets in his lap. Like, this is not my call. And I would recognize uh, Winter Eladrin as an unseely creature. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do a growl and try and intimidate. Give me an intimidate check. That would be a very powerful four. Okay, so I'm gonna roll 2d20. <laughs> the ears are going. <laughs> My tail's still wagging. undercuts it, yeah. <laughs> I made two rolls for the Eldrin. The first is a nine, basically resisting the intimidation. So it's just looks at you and just there's a moment just cocks his head to the side the hood starts to fall back and you can see like very very pale the hair is blonde bordering on white and there's just a sunken darkness to the eyes just textbook necromancy he basically looks at you like when you start to growl, cocks his head a little, and then he looks you up and down, and you watch his eyes lock on the collar. Get the dog off your lap. He's just such a good. You want me to tell him not to be here? Grabs your entire head, turns it towards him. You tell him not to be here. Look at him. They've taken the dog, pulled into their lap. One of them's got the head gripped in his hands, and the other one looks angry. This is clearly an execution waiting to happen. <laughs> I spring out from where I am. I do a flyby past the Eldrin, reach into my pouch, and throw a handful of dust of sneezing and choking in his face. Yeah! Okay. Let me roll 
I presume a constitu- that's a six. It doesn't matter what kind of save that was. Excellent. <laughs> just immediately just doubles over. It's trying to get out phrases like the broken syllables of the phrase, what the fuck are coming through, but never <laughs> the entire sentence. It's actually everyone in a 30 foot radius. <laughs> oh no, I have to do Poison a bar. <laughs> it didn't realize it would spread that. You know what? I'm not used to throwing it inside. It's a DC 15 constitution save. My dice was on an 11 and it tipped over to a four. So I got a five. So I am also sneezing and choking now. No. Around the highest die, I rolled another four dice just to get a feel for the room. The highest number I rolled was a 12. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyone who fails is unable to breathe while sneezing uncontrollably. A creature affected in this way is incapacitated and suffocating as long as it's conscious. They're not actually suffocating. They just they just can't take action. So nothing's going to happen to them. They just are coughing and sneezing. Um, I, I'm going to give you, for the purposes of the narrative here, that this is like a toned down version. Yeah. But those rules are very explicit. They're suffocating. <laughs> no, yeah, these rules are basically like they will cough Until and sneeze themselves die. into unconsciousness. You committed to a murder in the bar? A lot of murders. <laughs> what I did is that I used pepper spray indoors, not thinking about the fact that it's not meant to be used indoors. Yeah, very fair. So there is an immediate just everyone sneezing, coughing, choking. <laughs> As he's sort of bending over, the fighter accidentally uh, just knocks you out of his lap. May I blink as I sneeze? Yes. Even though I cannot actually um, take a reaction it. or uh, anything because of the sneezing and okay, choking guy, we just so. like it to be involuntary. <laughs> We're going to say a one is north. You are in the southeast corner of the bar. Roll me a d8 for direction. We're just going to go clockwise. Three. There is an empty seat on the far side of the table from where you fell off it is clearly where the Eldrin was sitting because it is stacked with grimoires. It's the only word you can think of like tome might apply, but there's too much like leather and general malice to these books for tome. And you poof and the chair tilts over and you take out half the pile. I mean, strictly speaking, they, no one is able to act around. So do you have a thing you want to do to <laughs> exacerbate this fucking mess? <laughs> I flew past and just like, you know, just threw this bomb of dust, kept moving, did like a little spin. So I sweep back around and then I see that my friend Waffles has popped out, but is has got some of the dust in their eyes, so I would soar up behind them and then just beat my little wings as fast as possible and use druid craft to puff some wind in front of them to blow the dust out of their eyes and away from my friend's face. Sure, I'll give it to you. Whatever. Like a little teeny <laughs> helicopter. I mean, that's not how inhaling things works, but sure. <laughs> Waffles, I have found you. And you speak Blink Dog, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it'd be one of the yeah. languages. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like, well, why are you? Why? Why are you? Are you here to help in my investigation? 
Many are worried about you, my friend. I have come to rescue you from your abductors. Oh no, I'm I'm here to, and I'll uh, pick up one of the necromancer's grimoires in my mouth. Just be like, I'm here to uh, learn how to stop displacer beast and just start chewing on the book. <laughs> we must go quickly. Follow me. I'm learning. Pick it up. Take it with you. We must go. But I'm. I'm a hero. Yes, you are. You you are a you are the best hero. There is no better hero. You are a very good hero. But we have to go. Wiggle, wiggle tail. <laughs> yes, yes. A very good hero though is responsible. Don't let him. <laughs> Quickly, come, come, come. And he like he's like got the collar and he's like flying as hard as he can to try and pull you. Aram, I want you to make a dexterity save. <laughs> That's gonna be plus six. Uh, so nine plus six is 15. You see basically from one of the walls as you're like tugging and trying to pull, you take a hard veer off to the side as this cold necrotic hand just lances out of the wall and tries to grab you. And you see this sort of coughing, suffocating Eldrin with his hand into wood, pull it back out and it and shake it and this sort of white almost ectoplasmic residue just shatters off of it hits the ground and just disperses get the fucking book cricket now positions themselves in between this monster and their friend waffles and takes out a single sling bullet that they have painted lavender with a little teeny flower on it and loads it into their swing and now this is an important question rum mechanically yes is this sling bullet a thing yeah yeah he has an actual sling he has a sling and a sling bullet so it's just a regular fucking rock. It's just a regular rock, yeah. It's oh, it's not like magic stone. No, so that's or something. just a painted rock. This okay, is cool, a painted cool. rock. Just so, just so we're clear, he paints all of his sling okay, bullets. Cool. Yes. Great. Stellar. Like yeah. little teeny Easter eggs. All right, go for it. Finish your narration. I hate you. He just winds up and flings it right at this Eladrin's forehead as he shouts, "Run!" to Waffles. Okay. Give me an attack roll. All right. And while you're doing that, Jess, what are you up to? Waffles is conflicted because Waffles is very used to taking commands, especially from like Cricket. But the the very nice man who gave me food and scritches is injured. And also Cricket was just attacked by this very clearly evil man with the books. So... Waffles is gonna sit there for a second. And then instead of running, actually no, Waffles is going to run, but Waffles is going to run over to the very nice man who fed them and just do a big doggy lick on his face <laughs> to get rid of the sneezing and choking dust. Yep. And then try and spring off of him to pin down the necromancer. I will give you that. So uh, one, Aram, uh, how'd the attack roll shake out? Eight plus seven is 15. Yeah, that'll hit a wizard. <laughs> nice. <laughs> then that does seven points of damage. I smack him right in the forehead. Just a hard fucking crack. Ugh. Stumbles back 
Jess, I'm going to have you give me an athletics check. Uh, so it's going to be strength, but you've got advantage. Okay. The necromancer rolled a nine. Fourteen. You go over. You lick this guy, and he just, like, it goes from the coughing to the sputtering of a giant dog tongue just covered my entire face. <laughs> and by the time he sort of comes to, you are on top of the wizard. You have tackled them onto the table, and the remaining samosa has been crushed. The cleric is looking around, trying to figure out just what exactly is happening. This is a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> the wizard basically looks and goes, that book is not for your kind. Drop it like a good dog. What language does he say that? He says it in Sylvan. Oh, damn, I do understand that. <laughs> I'm just going to still pitting him down with my giant doggy paws. Look at Cricket. <laughs> I'm going to look over at the snare and then gesture to drag his foot into the snare so that we can just have him be flung up and taken care of and we can get the heck out of here. If I put the wizard in my mouth, does he count as something I'm wearing or carrying? <laughs> so I'm going to say two things that are important for me to say because, you know, I don't want to set a baseline for DMs out there. Clearly, no. However, of course he does. Just mechanically, having your hands on something does not make it carried, but for our purposes, it's way cooler if it does, so of course it does. Yes, I would like to just, you know, put my mouth around the wizard, uh, because he did tell me to drop the book. So I'll drop it on his chest and then, you know, put my mouth around him and blink him into that snare. All right. This goes off almost instantaneously, but there's just a little kind of thunk of the book hitting the ground, a little, ah, as an entire dog's mouth goes over this person's head. And then almost a cartoon spring, you basically pop like four feet to the right and then his foot hits the activation spot and suddenly the wizard is upside down except this was sitting on maybe a like what is that it's on the back of a chair so it, he is basically his head is on the ground yeah right <laughs> he's not that high in the air he's just high enough he's just high enough for this to be insulting oh grab that book and just tear it up i mean eat it to learn from it, because I have 40 feet of movement, so I can pop them there back. Basically, we're going to do sort of a transitive property of like, if you're carrying the wizard and the wizard's carrying the book, then you're mm -hmm. carrying the book. Uh, so you <laughs> pop off to the side and the book kind of comes with him. But then when the trap goes off and flips this guy upside down, the book is flung into the air and you just snatch it and then just pop back towards Cricket. And then to cover our escape, I use Druidcraft to create a tiny, harmless sensory effect that predicts the weather. <laughs> so it will be in our location. This is part of Druid. This is part of Druid. No, that's not why it I'm looking at you like that. The weather will be for the next 24 hours. Oh, so I swoop in. I'm just like, and this little image Today of will be sunny, sunny and mild with a high of 74 degrees, degrees and a low of 42 overnight. Wait, <laughs> like, let's go. 
I'm gonna say, first of all, <laughs> what the fuck? Because <laughs> he's out of spells. That's not, I'm not saying that. I've never seen someone use Druidcraft as much as you have at this session, <laughs> and I'm living for it. <laughs> I'm not saying that that's not a thing the spell can do, but generally it's like, it's a divination. It's you finding out what the weather's gonna be like. That clearly isn't a distraction. He did it before and they were, they, like the humans seem so surprised by Shit. it. Shut up. <laughs> I'm gonna give you what you want. I just need you to know that I think it's stupid. Yes, that's half the show, Dylan. Thank you. Good. So now that we've established that you're wrong and this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> you do this big magical gesture and there's like this expectation of fire and lightning and magic <laughs> and instead in the middle of the room a projected image of a fairy in like a nice suit with a blue tie <laughs> coming in off the sword coast we're gonna have a little bit of wind but it's gonna be clearing up pretty early on in the day <laughs> This pops up as if someone had turned on like a 64 inch TV at max volume. <laughs> so it's not necessarily that it's a great distraction. It's more just that no one knows how to handle that. It's just so weird and different. Otherwise, I mean, mostly it's that there is one person in the room who cares what's happening enough to chase you and he's upside down in a tree and everyone else is just confused about the foot tall lunatic who showed up and poisoned a bar and then the dog that's leaving which quite frankly in a bar is what dogs should do as we're, as we're flying out, I would pull out the collar I was sent I was sent with and just gently slap it back onto my friend Waffles, scratch Waffles behind the ear, and then just kind of like lay down on Waffles' back and look up at the stars and just catch my breath. And I did a good thing tonight and ride along. We did good learning and made a friend. Very good learning, yes. Very good learning indeed. So slowly we turned into the night. Two warriors returning home. <laughs> he does this out loud. It's a constant thing that you have. Like, you don't even react to it at this point. I gotta say, I react by by uh, giving him a soundtrack. Because he does this, I'm just like, <laughs> oh. Yes. The calls go out. All shall hear of our victory. To be able to do that, you have to like put the book like into your saddlebag to do it. And you just sort of trot out outside the door. Wizard still on shift, like looks over and just goes, they found them. And then you, like, while you're, you don't stop your monologue, of course, during any of that. <laughs> and you trot off back towards the fairy circle. That'll bring you back into the Feywild. Inside the bar, there is an angry wizard thrashing cloak up over his head while his friend has a potted plant in hand that is attached to his foot and is just trying to like cut the right branch out and the cleric at this point has just fully given up and is ordering more food at the bar because he lost like half his meal oh poor guy <laughs>
you come back to the Feywild. And things are fine. You've been gone for about a week. But you get back, you know, successful with this book in hand. Jess, when you first make an attempt, when Waffles tries to read it, that book rebukes you. Both books? Because I had the cleric's book and the necromancer's book. The history goes out like nothing. Okay. That's just food. And what you <laughs> learn from that is that history tastes dry and paper. <laughs> I suspected as much. <laughs> nothing interesting in there. I wouldn't noticed if it was useful. <laughs> but when you bite into that other book, there is almost a black lightning to it, and it just shoves you back. And you're left basically in the kennel, surrounded by other dogs who like hear you yelp, who all kind of like gather around, and we kind of come out on this image of nine dogs sitting there staring confusedly at this book in the middle of the floor. Thank you for joining us for Blink Dog. For more information about us, notes for each episode, and ways you can help support the show, head over to killeverymonster.com. If any of the ideas we've discussed on the show have sparked some of your own, tell us about it on Twitter at KEM Podcast. You'll find me at DJ Malenfant and Aram at Aram Vardian. For ad-free episodes, early releases, bonus episodes, print-ready maps, our new audio DMs notes, and my character sheets for each encounter, head over to patreon.com slash killeverymonster. You can also listen to ad-free episodes and bonus content by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts. Our intro theme and many of the sound effects you hear in the show were created by BattleBards. Check them out at battlebards.com. This episode was produced by Aram Vartian and Dylan Malenfant. I also did the editing. Our guest was Jessica Markram. You can find them on Twitter at Miss underscore Jess 03. And if you are anything like me and all of that information just fell right out of your head, you'll find everything you need at killeverymonster.com. And we'll see you next time for Kill Every Monster. Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Ever since I was born, I could hear the spirits of the other world. Where old stories take on a new life. If you break even one of these conditions, the consequence is death. And the world is teeming with possibilities. It's midnight, girls! They're here! Get ready to change! Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz! Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with as you've never heard them before. You are no more than a demon! Okay, Gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? 
and we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales. <laughs>